Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. episode's gonna be a little different. It's like a live vlog rant. Thoughts on my mind. It's the end of the year. I'm recording it the day it's coming out. And there's a lot of thoughts that go around when the year ends. I have this habit of of looking back at, at these old images of myself throughout the years. And every time, and, and, and I say it, and, and I guess some people, um, I don't know if people recognize it about themselves, or maybe it, it's just me, but every time I look at a picture of myself, from a different era <clears throat> I don't recognize me and, and it's not to say I don't recognize me like I have Alzheimer's but I feel like there's this um, structural internal turned external shift that I can see I don't know if that ever happens to anybody but but I often wonder am, am I um Am I able to see every single thing I've gone through between the mirror and an old picture? I think about that stuff all the time. So during the pandemic, at the top of the pandemic, <clears throat> you know, maybe in not the top, but I guess you know, in comparison to where we are today, July or something like that. I um I had a lot of stuff on my mind so I, I made this video and I never really quite shared it I just made it and, and actually it's funny because Redman saw it and I didn't have any intention of Redman seeing it but I guess it struck a chord but I just posted it on one of my YouTube pages and he saw it and either way I was talking about where I was in life. You know, before the pandemic started, I always said 
that the only thing that I was missing in life was time. If I had two months, I used to say this all the time. I remember telling Alicia this. If I had two months to just get my mind right, just to get my thoughts right, just to write it down all at once, you know, just to talk about it to myself, then my entire life would change. <laughs> and um, and then and then the pandemic started, and uh, you know the first maybe week, week and a half maybe. Um, me and Bree, we we sat on the couch and watched all type of stuff. You know, I watched Tiger King. Still not even sure why it was that crazy. just watching TV and um, something just clicked in my brain that hey yo this is it like this is this is your week and a half to do that you know because uh, there was a moment there's there's moments in in life and I kind of feel like I'm there again right now where you really, really, really gotta go sit down somewhere and don't talk to anybody and, and 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 don't be interested in other people and just focus on you, right? I think I said this to somebody the other day and they said I was selfish, but you know what? In life, you gotta be selfish. If you can't take care of yourself, who else are you gonna take care of? At least you're not gonna do a good job. Anyway, so that week and a half of watching TV and just chilling and sleeping and all that was just one of the key moments to um, to life changing. Because to get your thoughts right, you got to get your self right. Like, you got to not be tired. You got to not be worried. You got to... Uh, you got to be completely available. And with availability comes clarity so so I, I sat down on that couch and we watched all type I was watching every kind of show but then I just woke up and was like okay I gotta rededicate my time to everything that was in my mind for the last five years or longer so it's interesting what what like the feeling of failure does. So for years, <clears throat> no matter what I did, I felt like I was failing. No matter what, you know, and and I think there's two ways that you could look at failure. You know, there's the way of, you know, it's everybody else's fault. Um the world is messed up, blah blah blah. And then there's, all right, well, <laughs> what do I do to not fail anymore? What do I do to not fail anymore? And in, in today's day and age, the gap between those two thoughts is growing. Like, it's, it's, it's greater and bigger than ever. And I guess I'm going to have to talk about that in a second. But 
I decided I was going to go back to school. And, and, you know, at the same time, while I was going to school, I had to get spine surgery. And I woke up from the hospital ready to do my homework because I don't like failing. Like, I lose a game, but I ain't losing a life. So I finished with that because I was like, okay, this has to be one of the solutions to how I not fail anymore. And, and you know, it's funny because when I say I was failing – you know, to other people, I was winning, but I just don't like to win like that. I like to win when I don't like to, I don't like to to win. I, I want to blow the competition out, you know. And I guess that's why I called my company Knockout. Like we back back then when there was a whole boxing team and all that, and the logo was a boxing glove. You know, it's not that anymore. But I keep the sentiment in my mind still because, um, you know, to be the one, you got to beat the one. So. You gotta, you gotta be that person, you know, lethal-minded, um, because anybody could do what you're doing, but you gotta convince everybody else that you're the one to, to do it, you know. And, and it's too bad for the other ones, you know. There, there's plenty for everybody, but in every situation, you gotta be that deep with your thoughts. So anyway. I decided, okay, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to figure out how I'm not going to fail anymore. And it's funny because everybody told me going back to school to get that specific degree is not really going to help me. And in the sense of a job, it didn't. And I haven't gotten, I mean, I haven't really gotten a job because I got that degree under me. At least not anything that's going to change my life. But it still did its job. You know, it changed the way that I thought. It ch- it changed how my brain was functioning. And, and it's teaching me a lot of lessons today. Still. So, back to the top of this pandemic. I put myself on overdrive. You know, not sleeping, not on purpose, but just out of pure passion, writing everything out of out of my brain. You know, I think I probably wrote about 200 pages of what's the plan? What's the master plan? How do we get to where we want to be? And the fun thing about writing is you don't have to let everybody read everything. You can always take some stuff away. So. One of the greatest things you could do is just put it all down on paper. I spoke to somebody about the value of ink last night at one in the morning. Ink. Ink. I mean, if you really just think about it. Ink is ink is a canvas. And the moment you take it and you mold something out of it and you create something with it, then all of a sudden you're either... A genius or or somebody who has a grocery list. <laughs> but either way, um, I got, you know, I, I got this moment of just writing everything down. And um, and, and if you if you if you ever look it up, this is one of like the facts that I, I always like to learn about um, a gallon of, of ink is about $8,000. That those numbers tell you that um, your ability 
to mold ink and the things that come along with it are powerful, right? Um, so anyways, I wrote everything down. And then when I felt ready, I started making incremental changes. Changes to my life, changes to how I talk about myself. That's another thing that I had to go through, but I didn't even know I was going through it. Um, you know, how I wanted to present myself and, and my work and all that. And that was something I was always afraid of doing and accepting. And um, I'm going to leave that on a personal journey. But I went through this journey last year and into this year where... I was so scared of accepting reality. And it's funny because when, so there's different phases that a, a human being goes through. So there's the problem, right? And it's in front of you. And oftentimes your problems are monumental. They're just these huge, huge things. It's like, how am I ever going to get over this? How am I going to get through this? And so there's the problem. And then you trying to avoid it. Saying, I don't want to deal with that. You know, I, I'm not I'm not prepared. I'm ill prepared for this problem ahead of me. Then there's the next phase of saying, well, I'm going to take the first step. So typically the first step of 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 handling a problem is you being embarrassed because you allowed the problem to grow to be in that size. <laughs> That's the reason why you don't want to deal with it because you're like, ah, how could I, how could I have let me do this, right? And it typically means that you just don't want to change. So when you don't want to change, you avoid things. So I was avoiding some things. <laughs> I was avoiding some things, and so then I sat down and I listened. To some people who knew how to f solve this problem, this specific problem. And I said, okay, first off, I messed up. I did something wrong. And it wasn't wrong. It wasn't like necessarily wrong. It was just like personal f character. Like, how am I going to solve this for in order for the future me to not be in this predicament anymore? Um, and I already know. That feeling from 10 years ago when I lost all that weight, the first thing I had to accept was, hey, yo, my diet is not right. So, so I decided to go on this journey. Boom. And throughout this journey of solving the problem, you go from hating the problem. Really, you go from hating the problem to kind of loving it because you wake up every single day thinking about it, chipping away at it, figuring it out. And then once you get to the final step of the situation, you think you're going to explode with joy. I finally saw this. I finally figured it out. And then, and then when you make that final whatever it is, you lose a little bit of that joy. And a lesson that I had to learn this year was um, that a lot of times people keep the problem around. And it's not, it's not even just for beneficial 
reasons is because people go crazy when everything is fine. It's just the honest truth. I said the other day, too much milk makes the belly big. and Too much honey gives you diabetes. <laughs> when everything is fine, people go crazy. They just cannot, they just can't function. You know, everybody needs a little bit of something, a little bit of a journey or what I'm going to call a goal. I'm going to be right back. Welcome back. So, um, I'm not really quite sure where I left off, but <laughs> it's important that I bring it back to what's present in my mind. So, one of the reasons why I decided to do this episode without the other guys is because... Whenever I decide that I want to lay my thoughts out, I, A, don't want to debate them, and I don't want to be questioned about them. So, anything that's said here is just up for interpretation. So, let's take it to something that I'm learning and going through right now, and that's the law of attraction. For different people, for different people... For different people, um, what um, what is drawn near to you um, has a sense of gravity. So you you go towards what is coming towards you. But I kind of noticed that I'm the exact opposite of that, you know. And and I think that there's just two different types of people. There's people that say this looks like it's for me. I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna I'm gonna embrace it. And then there's people who says that thing over there that seems like it's hard to reach. That thing over there that seems like it doesn't want to look at me or talk to me or be interested in me or want to have anything to do with me or be associated with me. That's it. That's the thing that I want. <laughs> Um, and, and that's kind of how I am, you know, in the, in the last five years, I would say that, um, everything that I'm attracted to, um, whether it's, you know what, everything in the last 10 years that I'm attracted to, um, at first doesn't seem like it, it's, it's, um, inviting me to them. Eventually, I make it work, you know, eventually I make it work. But sometimes what um, make it work means doesn't feel all that great. Um, Earlier this year, and I guess this is what this is, a year wrap up. Earlier this year, I was um, very attracted to a certain idea and I was chasing it and chasing it and chasing it and when I finally got it for a moment, there was this eerie feeling of enjoy it while it lasts. And boy, is that a real good, bad feeling. <laughs> enjoy it while it lasts. 
most of the time when people are doing something that they like, they're fully invested in the moment. They never think about it ending. They never want it to end. They, and when it does, it, um, it, it could either paralyze you or, you know, you are ready for it to be done. But in that moment where I was at that time, when I said, when I said, just enjoy the moment, it's because I knew that when it was over, I wasn't going to like it. I wasn't, I wasn't going to be okay with it being over. And it was. And that kind of messed me up for half the year, I would say, for, for the better part of, of, a, of half, half the year. I, I was sitting here thinking about this thing and why I'm so attracted to things that's not attracted to me. You know, and that's in many, many, many ways. Like, I don't know if anybody has this relationship with money, but I have this odd relationship with money where I care about it because I know it it has to do with my ability to be free. But at the same time this year, you know, we've had some work that I've I've had to you know, refund and whatever. And, you know, little things happen. And just out of me saying, hey, look, man, if you're unhappy, or if you don't like it, or if you're not satisfied or whatever, I'm gonna just give you a whole money back because that's better than me arguing with you or fighting with you or trying to fix it or whatever. Sometimes people just want their money back. And that's the honest truth. That's going to lead me to the next point. But a lot of times people just be faking stuff just because they want their money back. So, okay, <laughs> here, right? And And I don't have a very strong tie to the money. You know, and it's odd because I always felt like I did until I, until I got some, and then it was just like, mm, why did, why doesn't this feel different? You know, it's supposed to feel a certain kind of way, but it doesn't. Man, ah, everything that you chase after feels different once you get it, and it's never felt more different than the last couple years. Accomplishment feels different. Happiness feels different. Life feels different. Age feels different. I imagine that um, age was supposed to feel a different kind of way. Man, I feel younger than I was supposed to feel. (laughs) Isn't that a feeling? Even though I have a lot of tendencies to feel kind of old, you know, like the, the, the work that I was doing when I was younger, the hours that I used to spend it don't exist anymore. Like I can't do that anymore. I mean, I still do, but I know I'm pushing myself. I know that my eyes are drooping because I cannot handle this physically anymore, but there's a youthfulness that lives inside of me. But anyway, you know, maybe that's because I wasn't chasing age. Maybe it's because I wasn't chasing youthfulness. And when you don't chase something, then it happens to you naturally it feels different. It feels probably more genuine than it was supposed to feel. The, if if it happened the opposite way around. All right. This episode is in the car because I have the most genuine moments with myself when I'm alone around a million other people, and that only happens real, realistically in the car. Okay philosophy on people so as i said chasing after things chasing after things and getting them are very um it's a it's an interesting story it's an odd feeling 
right now, the way the world is working, um, everybody else is the enemy. And boy, is that a tough life to live. Jesus, that's sad for a lot of people. I look around me and, you know, not everybody has the opportunity to see on the opposite side of um, on the other on the other side of give and take. You know, a lot of people take most people take, you know, very few people give, to be honest with you. Um, and when when you look at it, there has to there's a delicate balance to life. All of life is yin and yang. Right. All of life is I'm going to give you some. I'm going to take some. I'm going to give you some. I'm going to take some. Now, I know some people are very upset that some people get more than they give or as it appears. Right. Most of life is what what appears a certain kind of way. It appears that I give more than I take. It appears that I take more than I give. Right. That's what it feels like. But then when the person who takes more, at least what it appears to be, the person who takes more. Um, explains how much giving they do Then the opposition The opposite side says I don't know if I could do that much giving And yet the person who's giving Is still the enemy Because if there's no enemy Like I said earlier If there's no problem Then a problem must be made So when somebody else offers more when somebody else offers more and that's a and that's a problem in your eyes it makes you feel better about yourself listen the world is built off of acts of service and servitude we got to remember that we are we are beings of serving of servitude to one another right so right now you know under all this covid stuff and you know um you know, there's a lack of this and a shortage of that and this, that, and the third. That, I mean, it's the first time in my life I've ever heard a labor shortage. We can't get people to do stuff, but you know what? People can still take. Mm-hmm. People are happy to take. People are more than happy to take. But give a little bit. Mm-mm-mm. I'm a very big person on give people what they want. And in my humble opinion, opinion and you know the other day I gave somebody my opinion he said I was selfish I'm not gonna forget that I also um I also spoke to somebody who's never led anything she told me that um I'm a work harder not smarter type of person (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's the thoughts of somebody who takes more than they give because if you don't understand the cir- the circumstance, you don't understand the situation, that's the only thought you're going to have. You only live in a world of extremes. Hey, yo, you either take too much or you give too much. But in, in the world, there is balance. There has to be. The only reason why I'm working harder is because I got to give more because somebody else is taking too much. Now. Balance doesn't mean everybody has the same amount of everything. Okay, the more you give, the more you can take. The more you take, the more you can give. But there is a lack of balance in the world, the way that we live it, right? In the way, in the way that we live it right now.
recently I had something come in the mail that made me laugh. It shouldn't have made me laugh, but it did. <laughs> um, somebody said that they work for me and they are filing for disability. I've never seen this name in my life ever once. Never. And it just showed me what fraudulent, um, fraudulent desperation looks like. It's in the name of somebody who's willing to take, but they're not willing to give. Somebody who lives life completely out of balance. You know, when I was 18, no, I'm sorry, when I was 20, on my, tw on my 21st birthday, um, I used to sleep on a twin bed at school. And I moved into this apartment with Redman and Frank. And, you know, it was kind of common that I noticed that people were uh, stealing their, their bed from the dorm. <laughs> That we, you know, because we was broke. Like, you know, we graduated acting school. We had no money, no real skills, to be honest with you. You know, like, learning Shakespeare is not a skill that's going to change the world. I mean, it can be. It can be. But, you know, for the average person, you know, nah, it's not going to happen. So, we, you know, we finished college and people used to steal the bed. So, you know, I remember breaking the window, living in the fifth floor. Living on the fifth floor, I threw the window, I threw the bed out the window and I broke the window trying to steal the bed. I put it in this U-Haul and I brought it to my apartment in North Hollywood and I slept in it and it was the worst sleep I've ever had in my life. The worst because that bed did not belong to me. It didn't belong where it was. It, I, it just what that what it wasn't right, you know, and it didn't sit right with my soul. So the very next day, I didn't even have the U-Haul anymore. I packed the bed up in my my car, 2000 white Camry, and I, and I brought it back to the school and I just put it in the lobby and I left. I didn't say anything, I just left. And I think that that was a defining moment in my life in integrity, you know, and learning how to be a person of integrity. Um, that doesn't mean that I've always been that person. And, you know, I definitely thrive to be and wish to be somebody who people can count on and people can appreciate in every kind of way. But uh, it doesn't take really big acts to be somebody of integrity. You know, just like it doesn't take a lot of big purchases to run you broke. It takes a lot of little purchases to run you broke. So with that being said, I took that bad back. And I, I don't remember where I found this mattress. I might have bought it or something. But I put it on the floor and I slept on the floor and I slept like a baby. And this is where I, I have this philosophy of in that moment I lived in balance. Because what the world gave to me, I gave back to it. And even though I didn't give the world a lot at the moment, it gave me what I, it gave me what I deserved. And when you have what you deserve, you can sleep comfortably at night not in a you know in a physical way <laughs> but you know in a in a philosophical way so back to the law of attraction um, 
this year, there's this, there was this nagging sense of chasing things that I, I, I shouldn't even be really attracting, you know, in so many different ways, like so many different things that I should not be really inviting into my life. But, um, when you have, um, this thing inside of you that says that if I want it, I'm going to go get it. Sometimes that's good. And sometimes that's bad, but Hey, balance. So when you chase after it and you recognize, you know, <laughs> the red, red flags all over the internet this year, um, when you recognize the red flags in every situation, remember that, remember, it's not just, you know, in whatever way you're thinking, it's in the opposite way, the thing, you know, the way that you're not thinking about it. But when you notice the red flags, something inside of you is supposed to slow down. And yet, whenever you notice the red flag, something says, I'm gonna turn that flag green. Because we think that we're greater than what we are. Sometimes we are, sometimes we're not. You know, a few years ago, I sat on this bed and I talked to this young lady who um, was dating my boy. And, you know, he was there and, you know, the homie was built different. You know what I mean? Like, just, you know, had a superhuman mind. <laughs> you know, and and a superhuman body to to go with it, and um, you know she was maybe like five years older than all of us, and you know she had experienced life in a different way, and she had five years of experience, and and if you know anything about your your twenties, um, a twenty year old and a twenty five year old and a twenty five and a thirty year old are all different people, right? There's like micro generations that exist within these ages are all different people and you know realistically you you kind of turn into a human being when you turn like 27 28 that's that's in my experience right and back then my friend you know who you know we we, we pretty much all saw him as a superhero in general you know he um he was he was explaining how you know the things in his mind wasn't going to stop him from accomplishing the things that he wanted to do and there's no limitation there's no word there's no this that could stop him and then she turned around and she said brother man you are not a superhero and he said yes i am Man, that was just a little tiny moment that, you know, really didn't mean anything. But in the moment, I was like, damn, maybe he is, right? You know, in a realistic sense. Like, maybe there is no limitations. Maybe there's nothing that can't stop us. But now, some years later, the way I think about it is, hey, man, you both are right. Because, I, you know, like I just mentioned earlier... There's this paradox, there's this like duality of life where every time you get a little older, if you choose to, you could get a little younger too. The things that used to stress you out are kind of funny now. <laughs> uh, you know, I, if anybody's ever been overweight or is currently overweight, um, you have every opportunity to make fun of yourself about how big you are. I've been there. I'll be there. On and off. But if somebody else does it, oh man, you know, it does not feel okay.
So I think about this moment when he said he's a superhero. And she said, no, you're not. You're just young. And you think that nothing can ever happen to you. And later on in life, and I don't want to put this whole story out there like that, but later on in life, there were these enormous obstacles that came in front of that dude's life, in front of his whole being. And he overcame it all by accident. He overcame it all by accident. Maybe he is a superhero. Okay. Acts of servitude. I think about this all the time. The people that take people that don't like to give you know there's two ways to give by force and by desire people often run run around and ask themselves and ask others what is the meaning what's the purpose of life why are we here and I realized that you live life for others right you live life for others But the best way to live for others is to be selfish. All human beings are selfish in every kind of way. In a good way, in a bad way, no matter what. You're doing something out of selfishness. What do I mean by that? Well, the philanthropist sees a problem and they get emotionally involved. To try and solve it, right? World hunger, the the amount of world hunger has been cut in half in the last 10, 15 years. It used to be like 16, 16% of the world was was living in, in extreme poverty where they couldn't eat every day. Now it's like 8%. Nobody likes to talk about that. There's boots on the ground. Um, but somebody sees somebody who's starving. Their ribs sticking out of their body. And they say, well, okay. Um, this is sad. I can't take this. And I have something that can solve this. Because if I solve this, then I, it's going to make the world a better place. And I'll feel better about this. That act of kindness is out of selfishness. Because you are ultimately the one that's going to feel better about this. Puts a smile on your face. It's not. It's not bad selfishness. Selfishness, just like exploitation, is not always a bad thing. You are supposed to exploit situations. You're just not supposed to say it with that word. You're supposed to find an opportunity and take advantage of it. You're just not supposed to say it. You're supposed to let people know how skillful you are, but you're supposed to be humble about it. <laughs> Silly laws of human beings, right? So we live for each other. But in order for you to live for others, you have to be selfish. So I think about this all the time, too. Man, how many how many of you guys will build a house and before you get a chance to live in it? And I'm talking about like a primary residence. 
a prime, not an investment home. How many of you guys would own a home and you would build it from the ground up and then decide, hey, yo, before, before A is done, I want you guys to go, I want random strangers off the street to go live in the master bedroom before you get a chance to decorate it, before you get a chance to even put all four walls up. You got three and a half walls up. You ain't even got a ceiling, but you want somebody else to go live in there. How many of you guys would do that? Nobody. It's the truth, unless you wanted to feel better about yourself. But either way, the average person wouldn't do that. So, in order for you to get somebody else fresh, you got to get your house in order. When you get on a plane, in times of emergency, they always say, fix your mask first before helping others. Even if it's your own child, fix yourself first. Broken people cannot help fix other people. I know other people say you could do both things at once, but if you haven't learned math, how do you teach it? So we're here for each other. That's the importance of educators and mentors and overall people in your life because every single thing that you learn from one another affects how somebody else experiences life. <clears throat> the other day, I went to breakfast with somebody that I haven't seen in a couple of years. And they expressed to me how from the jump, um, they found a level of importance in me some form of importance in me because of what I said to them. And it was maybe some encouraging words, something like that. But there was this soul tie because nobody has ever spoken to them that kind of way. Now, people who have support systems in their life will immediately judge that person. Ooh, you ain't got the right person in your life. You ain't got right good people in your life. Da, 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 da. But maybe she doesn't. Hmm. Right? That goes back to the idea of too much honey gives you diabetes. Too much milk makes your belly thick, makes your, makes your belly big. You know, whenever you got, whenever your life is good, you just think everybody's life is good. And whenever you, whenever you think um, your life is a little bit problematic, everybody's life sucks. But that's not really the way it works. That's not even really the way to think. But either way, person told me that and I and it really touched me because I just did not expect to have an, an, an impact on somebody the way that I did and that's only because I was going through what she was going through at the time and the, my words of encouragement to her was really just me talking to myself there's all different types of stuff that you don't um know that you're healing from or that you're trying to heal from or that you're trying to figure out or all that kind of stuff so in the moment you know you feel fine and everything's okay but there's like deep stuff inside of there that you're trying to um you're, you don't even know that you're trying to suppress but you are um and these problems can come in all shapes and sizes and it can affect you in a physical way, in an emotional way, in a professional way. Um, but another lesson I learned this year is to make sure I understand um, the quality of my problems in order to bring in the correct quantity of help. 
because the correct quantity of help matters. <clears throat> Not everybody is comfortable jumping into the pool, both feet, hair wet. Some people got to put one toe in to see the temperature. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So either way, we live life. That's the purpose of life. To heal and to share our healings. Recently, recently I've had um, quite a few people um, take, you know, things that have taken me enormous amount of sacrifice. You know, years of not seeing your family, working hard, working, you know, 80, 90, 100 hours a week to try and come off the ground. They want to take it out in a week. For many different reasons, jealousy, lack of passion, not interested, greed. It, people ready to take things out right now. And they don't, they don't care about you. They don't care about you at all. They don't care about the sacrifice. They don't care about, they don't care about anything. They care about themselves. In the most selfish, bad, selfish way. Uh, and that's a lesson in being proactive. The moment I saw some some green in people's eyes, y'all gotta go. I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the extra work that I gotta do to make sure it's right. Uh, with you not being there, to make sure you're not just throwing all my pain away. Cause my pain is like tiger stripes. It's like, um, it's it's like um, uh, what is that stuff that's on your skin when you get too big, whatever? You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's like war war wounds. You know what I'm saying? So when you got that on your system, um, and you know what it costs you to get to where you want to be and to be where you are now, and somebody trying to come in here and uh, suicide bomb it you gotta go and it's funny because there's people who call who call for compassion for the the opposition but listen for every story you got different chapters to it you got to read the whole book to understand the arc that was november's lesson you don't have to serve everybody now everybody will take And sometimes when you're good at what you do Things spill over But you don't have to purposefully serve everybody It's not your job It's not on my heart To serve people who want to take And they don't want to give It's not on my heart to serve people who want to destroy Y'all could do that Leave me out of that When I was writing all my ideas last year, um, I wrote about objectives and uh, what would happen. What would happen if things get difficult? And trust me, when you prepare for difficulty, they become a nuisance. 
Big lesson. When you prepare for difficulty, difficulty becomes a nuisance. It's just annoying. And typically when things are annoying, it's not bad. It's just annoying. Um, but I wrote about that. Like, how do I overcome things in my path? How do I overcome these things? And on paper and in thought and an idea, you have it all there. And you know what? When 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 those situations come, you do exactly what you wrote. But you never think about the emotional side of all of that stuff. Now, I'm not the most emotional person in the world. You know, and I definitely had to groom myself to be that way, especially when it comes down to business. Because at the end of the day, if you ain't, you know, up to par, you got to get cut. You have to get cut. Sorry to keep it like that, but ain't nobody's here. Nobody's here to pay you to be alive. Nobody's here to pay you to to to, to um, exist. That's not the purpose of give and take. That's not the purpose of acts of servitude. Your acts are supposed to be supported by your ability to serve. Now, if you can't serve, you got to go. So, um, there is this difficulty that comes along with not knowing how you're going to feel when tough things come, when people turn their back on you, when you need them the most. And you know what? If you believe in yourself enough, and if you decide in today's moment, right here, right now, that you're a superhero, and that you're always going to save yourself, no matter what somebody does to you, You'll already have written it down with the most expensive liquid on earth. And you'll get through it. In 2022, the amount of growth I'm expecting for myself, for all of you guys that are listening fellas on the podcast I can't put it down on paper because some things are just too colossal but I'm hoping that in this world everybody's going to be willing to give as much as they take and if you're somebody who needs more and I hope you give more But I don't want to take it from you by force. That was a drive.